Welcome to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. Cindy is ready to have those candid and unfiltered conversations so you know how to move forward in your marriage. You'll hear inspiring and insightful discussions surrounding this taboo subject to help you feel confident in your decision. Now, here's your host, Cindy Stibbard. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Redefined. I'm your host, Cindy Stibbard, and I'd like to welcome you to the show if this is your first time joining us. Here, what I offer you is an amazing place for you to come and learn and grow about yourself, about your relationship, and even about your marriage if you are contemplating or going through divorce. So if you're just contemplating divorce, if you're thick in the process, or if you're out the other side, wanting to make better choices and redefine yourself in your life, you have come to the right place. No matter what stage of life you are in, maybe you're just dating and seeking guidance on how to be the best partner you can be. Maybe you're navigating a tough time in your current relationship and you want help to do things better. Maybe you're going through divorce and you need some guidance or inspiration or help to get through it. Or maybe you are out the other side and looking for ways to become a better, more evolved human. Whatever path you are on or stage you are at, my goal and purpose of this podcast is to provide you with the information, education, inspiration, empowerment, resources, you name it, so you can make the best decisions for you, whatever those decisions may be. Now, if you know divorce at all, you know how widespread it is, whether you've been through it yourself or you've been touched by it in some way. There are so many of us out there who are just looking for support. Now, to get this show and value it brings in front of all of those out there who need it most, I need your help. Please go follow the show, give us a five-star rating, because the more ratings we have, the more people we can reach, which means the more people we can help. And serving others is truly what my mission is all about. It's what my guest mission is all about. And so we truly thank you in advance for heading over and doing that for us, because it really does help. Now, today on the show, I'm excited to introduce you to these two fabulous ladies, Catherine Shanahan and Karen Shalou, they believe divorce doesn't need to be a contentious, expensive legal battle. They both went through divorce themselves. They saw how broken the legal process is. And so they created this amazing inventive My Divorce Solution. So families don't have to experience divorce alone, afraid, and uninformed. What Karen and Catherine do is help divorcing couples to have a clear picture of their full marital estate. This means they can understand the long-term consequences of the choices they make when they're dividing money so they can reach the best outcome for themselves and their family. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank Thank you. you. So excited to have you on the show and for a number of reasons. Firstly, is because I love that you guys are a partner team. I think that's so awesome (laughs) that you work together and you have this really, yeah, this great (laughs) network to support people. And also because you focus on the money of the divorce process, which Mm -hmm. is, we were just talking before we came on the show, where a lot of people get stuck. 
So before we get started, tell us a little bit about, you know, each of you, how you got, how you got started here and what led you down this path to creating my divorce solution. Well, as you mentioned earlier, I went through the divorce process as did Karen. Um, Mine was, I think, 12 years ago now. I was a financial planner. I raised five kids, two biological, and I uh, was a stepmom as well. Um, And when I went through my process, it wasn't about the finances. I was quite clear on the finances, and we didn't really have a financial problem. We were both in the financial world. But what I realized just a few short years ago when I was back in the courtroom, that my agreement didn't have the proper language to protect what I came to in a financial um, decision uh, conclusion there. Mm. So it was more than just the financial world. You know, I, I realized that particularly women, I hate to say it, are not very comfortable around money. So when I went through the process, I was scared myself. Um, so I thought, gosh, if you're scared, Catherine, there's got to be thousands of women who are scared. So I really vowed to help women become knowledgeable before they made decisions. Um, but knowing that I needed the other end of it too, is when I reached out to Karen, it wasn't just the financial world. It was that, you know, that document world as well. Um, so we kind of approached her and I said, let's do this, change the way people get divorced. Are you interested basically? <laughs> And I'll let you know her background and then you'll, I won't, you know, I'll let her tell you. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem with the duo team. I know so much about her that I could probably just tell you her whole story. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And do a good job while you're at it too. (laughs) So I um, went through the divorce process about 25 years ago at the young age of 30 years old. So that was wow. a long time ago and I was yeah. very young. I was employed at a law office at the time. My entire, most of my working career was in the law office, not necessarily as an attorney, but as a paralegal and a firm administrator. So I had the best attorneys available to me, but I didn't have financial clarity. And mm-hmm. similar to Catherine, or after the divorce, I ended up back in court because again, I had attorneys, but I wasn't protected Mm -hmm. and I was left wide open to some financial consequences that I just wasn't aware of that had to be cleaned up. Um, My divorce was highly focused on custody of the young children. Um, I was in the Bible belt. So my church Mm -hmm. and my family abandoned me and I really had to just, you know, really gather strength and courage to move forward um, in, in a space that was very uncomfortable. So I can understand that making that decision is very, very tough. And so when Catherine approached me to join forces, you know, it, it was just a clear next step for me out of the legal and into a space to really help people. Because I think what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, in the legal world, it is a fairly linear world. You, you take these steps first, you file a petition and then you go to discovery, and then you do these things. But nowhere in there does it factor in your emotions or financial clarity, which is financial clarity is actually more creative. It's more strategic than just taking steps. So when the two of us put our um, professional and personal expertise together, it really creates a space where people can have extraordinary knowledge of of what is next for them. And it just, 
helps because there's also the emotional space that has to be worked on as well. And this just gives them a place to be more clear. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And I love how you guys say on your, on your website too, how you're disrupting the divorce industry, because I think that is, that is key here. That's what, you know, that's what I'm about. That's what you're about. We realize that there is such flaws in this current system that there are not supports in place that need to be in place. And we do need to change how this happens. And I love that we're we're trying to do that. You know, I think that's going to take a long time for us to actually make that a habit and that people know it because the first thing people do, like, you know, they're getting a divorce. So they go and they feel they've got to hire that lawyer right away. And we all know what happens in that case is that we we set these adversarial walls in place. We start this really expensive process that's long and drawn out. And it's interesting that to me, I mean, in my divorce, I did the same thing until I realized that I needed a financial person because our financial situation was was trickier, challenging. There were businesses involved, you know, there were there were investments and we all assume that a lawyer is supposed to do all of those things, right? They wear all the hats. They're the accountant. They're your counselor. They're the lawyer. They're the, you know, the mediator. They're everything. But we, and we are scared of all of the people that could be involved, but we don't realize that it's so important to focus on the pieces of your divorce process and get the right specialists to focus on that. And I think where it starts is the financials because that anyway, for me and all of the women that I work with is the piece that is the most scary because they're entering divorce, whether they're choosing to, or it's happening to them, they have no real sense of what life is going to look like. And with that fear and that uncertainty, it's impossible to make really good decisions because you just don't know what you don't know. So for you guys, how do you sort of intervene and get in that in that front line before they get to this place of, okay, we are getting a divorce. We need to, to get a lawyer. I want to jump in here because what you're saying is so true. That is the most fearful part and the most important part. But what we're jumping over is the collection of the data, right? Because even as a CDFA, as I speak, I you can tell me any number all day long, but if I don't have a document to verify that number, I cannot agree with you. I, I can't even disagree with you. Right. Because you just have nothing to base it on. I could believe you all day long, but I want to see the, the document to support that. And I say this a thousand times. Why do we need two attorneys collecting the same piece of paper? Right. So it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And I want to say we deal with a lot of um, aggressive or combative or narcissistic spouses, I'll say. Um, but those spouses generally will participate with us. They they rather participate oh. with us than attorneys, because then they're giving it to us. And actually, they think they know more than we do. So they tell us stuff, which is (laughs) totally great, because we love listening to them. Um, It's just they don't want to do it in a controlled fashion. They don't want an attorney telling them to do that. And so that's why it becomes combative. But when we get in there, and why we say it matters where you start is because before any of that assessment can happen, we need the documentation. And because we're not attorneys, we don't file anything. When we work with spouses and our clients, they're giving us this information. And even if somewhere down the road, it goes awry and they have to get attorneys or it becomes litigious, we have all the information. So neither of them really have to pay two attorneys to document collect. Mm, and we're um, saving so much money right oh, there. Oh my because what happens is if we flip that and we just jump to the assessment, 
and you're unaware and you're the person who doesn't have the data or the document to support anything, you're really just emotionally telling your attorney what you want or what you think you want based on what you think you have or what somebody told you you have, which cannot even be true. So you start this back and forth of an asset or a debt and there's nothing to support it. And it yeah. could go on for months. And so something changes. And now you're dealing with all this little piecemeal stuff. And you know, you're not looking at the overall picture. So we've created our divorce preparation platform to combat that. And actually, that's why we're disrupting everything because you can come into the process either by yourself, your spouse can be a participant or a client or okay. a guarantor. It doesn't matter to us. Okay. Um, and then I was you go into the that. Por- yeah. And if you go into our portal and it directs you, the, your whole journey is in front of you. So you're not paying your attorney every 15 minutes to talk. You can work with mm-hmm. you, your coach, um, and still do the data part where we can get you then to the complexity part. Right now, you jump the first part just to get to some kind of conversation to figure it out. Right. And so do you think in there? Yeah. Do you just a quick question in addition to that? So what happens if you guys work with, I mean, you're working with a couple or you can work with an individual. Do you have situations where one party won't uh, disclose financially? And is that the the time when they actually have, you have to get a lawyer involved so that you can order documentation? You know, I find that in my situation too, if it's complicated, a lot of people are resistant to disclose and they won't. And, you know, they play that game of, of, you know, get, we get scared of who's hiding money when we're when they're not sharing. What do you guys find um, happens in that regard? So I think a lot of people don't understand how much information they actually have access to, especially if you haven't been managing the household finances. So in our uh, creation of the divorce preparation platform, which is really a data-driven, streamlined, very structured process. So you're taking one step at a time. And in those steps, you're exploring and you're figuring things out. So by going through that process first, it, we're pretty clear on what's missing. It's, it's a pretty defined list that we're either going to work with you to ask your spouse for and we have tremendous success there. And people will swear up and down when they first hire us. Oh, my spouse will not speak to you. Will not. Okay. I'm telling you. And lo and behold. 90% actually not only speak to us, but fully participate. Because at the end of the wow. day. I think it's 94%. It's, you know, wow. the number it's, <laughs> it's very high. Because That's divorce awesome. is and a financial transaction. And if it's typically we're asking the person who's managed the household for information, they full well know that it's a financial transaction. It's Mm -hmm. just the one that's, that doesn't know that seems more vulnerable and doesn't really can't grasp that as easily. Yeah. However, if the spouse does not, or doesn't give us everything that we need or doesn't have access for whatever reason, and there's very limited reason then we have a very defined list that we can go to the attorney and very specifically talk about how to make the discovery process efficient. Do we subpoena? Do we ask? How can we get there? Mm -hmm. Um, And because we're not bound by the same rules that attorneys are, we can help a client call an accountant, call a financial advisor, call various places that they wouldn't 
otherwise have access to if they had an attorney involved because attorneys are bound by very strict rules and regulations regarding who they're allowed to reach out to. Right. So we have, we have a very high success rate of getting a lot of documentation that wouldn't otherwise be available. I think that's amazing. You must have this amazing magic touch with people to <laughs> want to open up and disclose because that is that's a hard part I find for a lot of people or or maybe it's just the story that they tell, right? In terms of we can't get it so we have to go through a lawyer, but we haven't even actually tried. You know, it's not having that conversation or even knowing where to go for financial disclosure. Um and knowing well, what you have in all fairness to that, to your listeners, because I know this is who you deal with, you know, it's, it, I can see that because they don't even have these conversations while they're married. Oh yeah. You could be married 30, 40 years, but you still won't sit down with your spouse and ask them to see a statement or to go mm-hmm. over an account. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting divorced, you're certainly never going to ask that, which is what kills me when I hear attorneys say, well, you guys will deal with that later. No, they're not going to deal with it later. They, yeah. They're not even dealing with it for 30 years. So what I love about what we've created is this platform allows for that really safe space to give your documentation, let us talk to your spouse or introduce ourselves to your spouse if they're not the client. And then it's amazing to see the transformation of of individuals. And I I still want to say particularly women, although we have a ton of men clients who women control their financial lives, but, but it's still large, the women. Their confidence, you see their confidence. They sit a little stronger on the Zoom Mm -hmm. review. They sit a little stronger when they're with their other professionals because now it's becoming a little bit less foggy. Whether it's a worse scenario or a better scenario, if they get divorced financially, they're making a really smart decision and they're going to move on with their life treating money very differently. Yeah. And as they should, you know, and and on on the other side, those spouses who are difficult, as people say, or are narcissistic, they're smart enough to know that this information has to be given. If the divorce is following through, they they may be whatever we all want to call them, and I probably agree with it all, but they know (laughs) that this information has to be given at some point. So to give it up to, you know, a firm that is not attorneys, who is not going to file anything, it's Mm -hmm. easier for them to eventually do. Um, yes. Or they know they're going to pay a fortune going the other route. And, and, and there is about a 1% of the overall people out there that will go the litigious way and they will make it inexpensive. And, you know, nobody can help those type of people. Yeah. But it's very small percent. Right. Right. And I, I think that a lot of the, those people are very emotionally based still. Like this is, this comes down to that emotional justice, you know, that I need to have for either being wronged or getting divorced. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make you pay literally for this pain that you've caused me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not to laugh because it's a serious issue, but at the same time, I think that it is that emotional piece that get us so caught up into using money as leverage or even using kids as leverage. But there were so many key points that you said, which I love. I felt like I was her, you know, when I was getting divorced, I was that disenfranchised spouse. I didn't know our family finances. I had no idea what her mortgage was. I had no idea what bills we had. It wasn't my responsibility, quote unquote, right? Like, oh, you just, you know, do you deal with the kids? I got this. Don't worry. There's so many other things that, you know, you can worry about. It's going to be fine. We're fine. We're going to be fine. And so as a woman, you think, okay, all right, well, if one last thing I have to worry about, if we're going to be fine, then great, you know, and then you enter this divorce process and you realize like, holy crap, 
I don't know anything. I don't even know enough to put my life on this paper that my lawyer is asking me to like create a budget. What does your life look like? How much does it cost? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> and that's was so incredibly scary. And as a woman going through this, you already feel really small. You already feel so much shame, so much guilt. And then when you're given that task of financial disclosure, when you don't have financial means or the access to it, you feel even smaller. And so it was so hard to actually even you know, open that, that file I had to like, Oh my God, I got to look at these, at these numbers. And I put it off for so long because I had, I was terrified. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't a numbers person at all in my marriage because it didn't have to be, I didn't have to worry about the price of grapes, which I was lucky for, yeah. mm-hmm. but the moment it changed was when you were saying was the moment I got a CDFA. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is certified divorce, financial yeah. analyst who really takes a good look at your at your um, financial situation in a divorce process. As soon as I had one of those, I didn't know they existed. I think it took me like six months before I even realized that I needed one of these people. And it was like, oh, the lights went on, the numbers got on the paper. And I was like, oh, because you're sitting there trying to negotiate over the bloody kitchen table with your spouse who's super mad and you guys are both angry and well, don't worry, I'll give you this or you can have that or don't worry, I'll, I'll take care of you. You'll be fine. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. What does fine mean? I can't agree to this. Or like, why can't we just make an agreement? I see this all the time. Why can't we just make an agreement? Why do we have to go to the lawyers? We'll just, you know, you can have this and I'll pay you this much. And so women get sort of scared because they're like, is that a good deal? Is that not? Like, I don't know. And it isn't truly until you see those numbers black and white where you can look at your life and think, oh, can I do this? Is this something I can live with or is it not? Because I think what lawyers do is they look at the large scheme like, okay, we can go for a million dollars, let's say. But even that... How do you know that that million dollars is going to last you till next year or in terms of the lifestyle that you have? Like how long is that million dollars going to last? And is that even a realistic amount of money in this process? So the moment that light bulb went on for me, like you were saying, was the moment I started sitting up straighter. I started feeling like, wait a second, like I can look at this in more of a financial transaction. I can know where my bottom line is in terms of, okay, I need this much to know and I can, I can be okay. You know, and that sort of, for me also where I knew I had some space to negotiate. I knew where I couldn't go below in order for me to be able to maintain a lifestyle that I was comfortable with. It wasn't going to be the same as the lifestyle that I had. And I knew that, but where was it going to be where, you know, my threshold. And so everything above that was, I'm going to be okay. And I think that's so clear when or key, when women can see, I'm going to be okay. And here is why, and here's how much this looks like. And the empowerment that that creates is so, so huge. Yeah. Well, you know, you need to know what your options are so that you can compromise because anyway, we look at it, you will be compromising in divorce, whether you're compromising your standard of living or you're compromising some assets and debts that you're going to negotiate away. But knowing what they are and knowing what your bottom line is, or we always say your A, B, and C scenario, 
makes your mediation go much smoother. It makes your litigation, if you're going that route, much smoother. Because when you're forced to make a decision, then you know which option or your A, B, and C, meaning you can live with all of them. Of course, you want your A and you don't want your C, but you can settle there. Um, Then Mm -hmm. you're not going to be so emotionally driven. And it is that is life-changing. And that is for the rest of your life. Um, because then you'll change your relationship with money moving forward, um, which I think is a, a, a healthy thing to do for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether you decide to stay married or get divorced, you know, our, we always say my divorce solution provides the environment for you to stay married. And there's a certain percentage, it's small, but enough that's notable of those families that stay married because going through this process empowers the two of them financially in a way that they didn't expect. Mm. And then they realized that having this clarity was what they needed to move forward. Really? That's interesting. So tell me more about that in terms of empowerment, meaning that they realize what the, what more they have together or how does that really turn, turn a table for them? So it allows them to get on the same playing field. Both parties are in the know mm-hmm. and they ha- they learn to have different conversations and better conversations and they decide not to get divorced. Wow. Yeah. Well, some, just to just to reiterate a little bit, not reiterate, but to continue that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're married now and you're married 30 years and your husband has just been a cheap bastard your whole marriage. You just can't stand him and you're like, oh my God, I want to live my life. Right. And you happen to probably be the spender of the group. Now you come through this process and you think, holy shit, he really wasn't a cheap bastard. He did a smart thing and he saved us. We have $5 million that we would have had nothing. And maybe I do have a spending problem because I just went through my budget with Karen and I realized, oh, I didn't know that I was spending so much money. So Mm. now a little epiphany comes out. Now husband's thrilled because he's giving us the paperwork and he finally is going to let her see how much they have. But it's been a misunderstanding because there's been no financial relationship between the two of them all those years. And now mm-hmm. she's not as angry at him. And maybe he wasn't being so mean, or maybe he was mean, but at least he was mean. And now I have some money that I can either, if I get divorced, I have it myself because it's marital. Or if I stay together, I understand because I spend too much. And here's what I spend it on. And I, I see why he got mad at me. I should be giving my kids this or doing this or doing whatever it is. It doesn't matter to us because it, we don't judge anybody. Yeah. But what we see is that when they're on a review, there's a different understanding. There's a symmetry of information. There's an alignment of an understanding that was going on all those years. And you know what? If your solution is not to get divorced, who are we to say? We don't file anything for you. Right. We went through a financial exercise that now you can reestablish this. And if you have a new financial life together, now you can go work on the emotional stuff because you're not worrying about that. You can't worry about the finances and work on an emotional relationship. It just doesn't, I don't care what anybody says, it doesn't go hand in hand. It doesn't. You have to deal with one to really work on the other one. So the easiest one to deal with is financial because it's data-driven. It's not emotional-driven. It's data with the documents and the understanding. And that's what we provide to our clients. So some do choose to either get a post-nup or legal separation if your state does that. We are in every state and we're actually international now. So whatever you're, that's what you need your attorney then. Draw me up a post-up, draw me up a legal separation. Mm-hmm. Or they decide that, you know what, no matter what, you're still not who I want to be married to. You get a divorce, but you've gone through this exercise so you can make a really smart decision without putting a third of it towards attorney fees. 
Wow. So it sounds like there's a level of accountability too that kind of happens when you have these conversations, which is which is actually such a key to connection in a relationship. Like that right there and then is that turning point for them to be able to start redefining their relationship in a different way towards success potentially because someone's light bulb can go off seeing, oh, look at how I'm contributing to the issues in our relationship. And I just went and saw these amazing financial people and it was almost better than therapy. (laughs) We're we're going to fix it. I mean, think about yourself that you were telling your story that, you know, you said, you know, even myself, when I got divorced, I didn't realize the bills. Like I, I did great with the kids and and like your spouse didn't realize everything you did with the kids because you were doing it right. Yeah. When you saw the bills and your mind started changing, imagine if you saw it 10 years prior, you know, if you just had that conversation 10 years prior you know, yes. maybe there would have been a better, a different, not better, but a different shift, even in that same with your spouse. Maybe if he started staying home with the kids all those times when they were crying and doing whatever, um, you'd have a better understanding of what was happening or not. But I mean, that's just redirecting <laughs> the conversation, right? And for us, you know, divorce rates second time around is higher than the first time around. Mm-hmm. Divorce rate the third time around is in the 70%. It's even higher than that. Mm-hmm. And it's because people jump into the same type of cycle right? Same. Yes. So you can go through the first, your divorce, the first time going through differently. You have chances of a better, healthy relationship the second time around. Yes. And we all have to realize that, you know, if there's children involved, you're going to have a continued co-parenting relationship or a grandparenting relationship. And so that's, it's just essential that you have some kind of, um, civility between each other or a different way to communicate. And our process allows for that kind of the, I call it learning a new language of, of communication because they, they learn to talk instead of yours and mine or his and hers. It's, it's ours. And then, you know, we're making it mine and yours. So they just talk about it in a much different way without the emotional triggers that have developed over the course of the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have a great story, and Catherine, you're probably the better one to tell this, of the couple who at the end came back and asked his wife to buy gifts for the grandkids. Oh, a touching oh. story. This story, this is a Pennsylvania story, actually. Um, this story, couple were with attorneys. They each had spent 20, 25 grand each at this point, both annoyed. She was referred by a friend. And our fee was probably about $5,500. And she was like, what? Like, I can't. We're like, it is what it is. We're flat fee. So we determine on the complexity of your estate. So she paid it. So the best $5,500 that she ever spent. Because what happened was husband comes, we introduce ourselves. She's the client. We need to collect this data. He goes, I I never want to deal with lawyers anyway. Okay. We just let him vent, right? Here's Here's our checklist. Here's the data. He gives... He actually came to the office and I see him with a pile of papers and she actually came as well. And I said, well, where, you know, where's uh, wife's attorney couldn't get some uh, pension information. So it was sitting right there in his stack of papers. I go, well, there's the, I think I just saw those papers that are, have been requested so many times. He goes, well, I have it. My attorney said I didn't have to send everything in this pile. Mm-hmm. So he literally handed it over. He handed it over with that. They just started talking. We go through, we we get their portrait. They have a different understanding. They end up coming to an agreement, I think, in mediation, maybe in one or two sessions very quickly. And at the end, she 
calls and she says, um, first she said it's Christmas time. It wasn't because the kids weren't talking to a girlfriend scenario, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Um, the kids don't want to buy him a Christmas gift. I said, can you spend 30 bucks and buy him a Christmas gift? You, I got all the financials here, blah, blah, blah. She did. Well, then she calls the, about a week later, I think it was. And she said, oh my God, I, he came to the door. He left an envelope with a thousand dollars in it. And he said, oh. please buy the kids Christmas gifts from the two of us. Oh my gosh. It gives me goosebumps. I know. I get goosebumps thinking about it because I forgot about him. And we have so many little stories like that. And it's just creating an environment where, you know, first of all, they wasted 40 grand, which makes me sick because yeah. they could have really used it. Um, and people will do the right thing eventually, at least the right thing to a certain point. But mm-hmm. we have the space where we don't judge you. You do what you want. You say what you want, but we're not going to judge that. Just give us the data so everybody's aligned, a symmetry of information. Let us get the financial knowledge out there. We're not investing your money for you. We have no stake in the game. We just want you to be clear. Know what your options are. Know what the Mm -hmm. impact of those options are so that you can make really smart decisions so you can compromise and move on with your life. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It, It is so true to be able to get rid of that fear around the money and make it very clear. When we're going through this process, I mean, at the beginning, I always work with the with women and men at the very beginning, and they're so clouded by their emotions that they immediately want to jump into the splitting of assets. Like, I, we need to figure mm. out like this, I, I want the house and, and, you know, he's got a business, but I want half the business too. And it's just this emotional storm that typically my approach is to, we need to calm the the waters first before we start reaching out to lawyers and start financial disclosure. Like let's just calm the waters and let's look at life. Like in terms of what it is that you want to move forward. Are we truly done here? Is there, is there a possibility that there you could reconcile? No. Okay. Well, let's look at what we can do now in the meantime, because the moment that you do run to a lawyer, I mean, I did it that $5,000 that that I should have spent on you ladies Mm -hmm. was gone in less than a month, just with a couple Mm -hmm. of first introductory emails, a consult, a couple phone calls, and literally got nowhere. Like my, basically my first draft sent to the other side. That was all. Oh my gosh. We should tape. We should just read because it happens all the time. Go ahead. And I think because I was also such in that emotionally high state that, and I had no idea what I was doing and I was scared like AF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just kept emailing my lawyer all these questions and then something would erupt and then I would oh, send yeah. off another scathing email saying, I want this instead. And then <laughs> I wake up the next morning and be like, oh my God, no, I take that back and then email back, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And then every single email was costing me because I didn't have anyone to talk to. I didn't have anyone making the financials clear. I was expecting her to like save my world. and. I get $5,000 bill at the end of the month. And I'm like, that was a month, one month. And my divorce took a year and a half. Like I thought, holy crap, if I don't reel this in, I'm not gonna be able to leave this marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm gonna be stuck so in this true. basement forever because <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was spending money like, like crazy and literally getting nowhere. And it, it, it breaks my heart. Cause I still see this day in day out. My girlfriend just did this right now. She's, she's already spent $150,000 on her divorce and she's not even mm-hmm. close to done just with using a, 
a lawyer. And even though I'm her one of her best friends and a coach telling her what to do, she's so emotionally invested, you know. Why that- didn't she come to us? <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. She could have been like a hundred thousand dollars or more in her pocket by now. Exactly. So this is the shocking part is, you know, really intervening on that emotional piece and giving them time to to process it and hire the right people. Because what I find too is a lot of people are really scared of hiring other professionals besides a lawyer because they just there's so much money to be spent at the beginning of divorce, right? They're not sure. Okay. Should I be spending it on the lawyer? Should I be getting a mediator? Like, how does this work? Oh my gosh, everything's expensive. So how do you guys work on that piece so that I mean, your component is key and it's not known near enough? What you do is truly like the stepping stone. There's a, there's a me, a coach and a you, I think that needs to change in terms of how divorce is started because that is going to save you so much money in the long term, but that's the piece that people don't see right away. Yeah. I'll let Karen talk, but I just want to say okay. this. Um, if you're listening to this and Cindy, what you said um, about the fear factor, it is really valid. I mean, we can all validate that. We've all been there at different levels, right? So don't be so hard on yourself if you're feeling that but it is the financial knowledge. You need financial knowledge and you don't need somebody to tell you about your investments today. Mm -hmm. You don't need them to tell you what's the best investment for you. You don't need anyone telling you anything. You need to have all the knowledge that you can make your own decisions for yourself. Um, But go ahead, Karen. I know you wanted to say something there. I just had to get that out. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's a good point. Well, we're all, we can all relate to this situation. And so that's when we're all like emotionally uh, charged with this conversation. Mm -hmm. But most people who come to us are in that space that you talked about, Cindy, where they've already had discussions about, well, I want the house and he he or she wants this. And all, all I say, you're negotiating in a vacuum. Mm. You need to back it way up and follow a process. And so our process essentially forces people to take it one step at a time. It's an exercise, it's education so that you're rooted not only in what you have, but what that means to you going forward. And I know that most of the time we're um, compared to CDFAs and we do, everybody does have a CDFA on their team, but there's typically, there's always a team of three, a legal liaison is the other one to help you understand real estate and business and things like that. And a client manager who essentially walks you through the document collection. And the document collection from my divorce solution is essential because we we have the financial analysis, but it's based on the legal requirements, which is a ton of documents. We're not mm. just going to take what you give us or your attorney gives us or anybody else gives us. We say it's divorce inside out. So we we work with you to collect the legally required documents so that you can decide, is mediation for me? Is litigation for me? Do I need a forensic? We help define the scope of a forensic because most people are hiring forensics and there's zero scope. And again, you've spent $25,000 to retain someone to essentially do your bookkeeping. So, but but the documentation that we help you um, put together or build out can be used by every single divorce professional that you may need to hire. And you don't have to keep having each professional share paper with each other. 
which mm. then triples and quadruples the divorce cost. So oh my gosh. Like the clearinghouse for the documentation as well. So yeah. yes, you have a CDFA, but we're essentially a, you know, a financially full service operation. And again, it's streamlined, it's automated, it's structured, and it's, it's really um, an amazing uh, business that helps people divorce in a much, much clearer way than ever before. Yeah. And affordable. So then let's, let's put that into perspective for people then, because how much do you think people save in their divorce process working with you as opposed to just going in both or lawyering up and doing the traditional process? They save about 80% of the overall divorce costs, which allows them to have their coach, allows them to have their attorneys, allows them to have the mediator or their financial people. Um, our process, it's not cheap. I mean, it's you have to pay for it, but it cuts down so much of what you're paying for or what you'll, like that $5,000 you spoke of in one month to send three emails, maybe a yeah. consult, maybe to go nowhere. We hear this all of the time. Mm-hmm. So yes, you will need your attorney at some point. Yes, you will need a mediator if that's the route you're going at some point. But you're going to go to all these people. You're going to, even your coach, you know, you're not going to ask your coach all the financial questions. You're really going to be coached on what you have to do. So every expert that you're going to, they have to be an expert at what they're doing because that's all you need them for. Yeah. And so you're really saving the overall costs. Then you need a, yeah. If you need a business valuation, if you need appraisals, the documentation has already been collected for you to hand over to them. Yeah. So that that's the beauty of it. You're not just swimming. I, I call it on the hamster wheel of you got this documentation. Now you need to give more. Now you need to give more. Now you need to give more. Yes. Um, you know, that stops it in its tracks. And it's that back and forth because that's the costly piece that people for, that miss out on is that constant back and forth with the with the lawyers on that billable hour exchange, that ping pong game that I like to call it, which is how they get paid. And nothing wrong against lawyers, but the longer they go, can do this, the longer they can have this ping pong game going, the mm-hmm. quicker they're getting that Porsche in their driveway or whatever <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's just kind of there, there is a method to that. There is a reason for, for some, and just in terms of the process. And I think that I love how you guys can shorten the length of this process for a lot of people, as well as keep a lot of the money in their pockets, which is going to help their life moving forward. Mm-hmm. Now, do you find also that this approach helps to empower women in the negotiation process. Because I think that women, I mean, typically, I know I'm one of them, we don't negotiate very strongly. And maybe that's also because of our guilt factor or emotions where we are quick to just give up or give in or, you know, oh, that sounds like it's enough. Okay, maybe I should or that sounds good to me without really having the power and the courage to negotiate stronger. What do you guys find in in that way? Well, you know, I'm a negotiator as a woman, so I love negotiating. (laughs) Teach us. (laughs) Yeah. I think the number one thing for negotiation is confidence. Mm. And if you are confident, you're going to negotiate well. And if you understand that you are going to compromise as well, you're still going to negotiate well. But the only way to negotiate well and have confidence and be able to to, um, realize that you have to compromise is by having the knowledge. So yes, you you say you want the house because it's emotionally driven and you think you're going to mess your kids up for the rest of their lives if you move them out of this house, right? 
But if you know that keeping that house also has the consider, we have a considerations table in our uh, reports to you. So it's a good negotiation tool. But if you know that keeping that house, it's going to need a roof in three years, or you have X, Y, and Z that you and your husband never completed in that house that you promised mm-hmm. each other you're going to do, like redo the driveway or fix the closet doors. Or if you know all of that's in, do you really still want to keep that house? Mm-hmm. You know, if you know that there's a pension plan here that's going to pay out $3,500 a month for retirement for the rest of your lives, and you want to give that up, you're doing that knowingly. So you're confidently giving that up because you see yes. it, right? Yes. If you see a 401k plan that has a loan in it and you're willing to give to that loan, but you see it there and you're still willing to do it, you're doing it with the knowledge that you know that you're giving that up and you're or you're responsible for the loan. Either way, mm-hmm. you're not getting, you know, bombarded with it later on, or you're not making this decision on the house because you're going to talk about that later. You're going to see your whole picture. And then you're going to be really confident because when, when they say to you, when your spouse says, I'll take care of you, I'll take care. of I love that one. (laughs) I always say, that's so nice. You're going to take care of her. Could you please write down exactly what you're going to take care of? Yes. Right. They don't know what to, I'll take care of what? The pool? I'm going to clean the pool every week. Okay. Like, so what are you, are you going to clean, do all those closet doors you haven't done in three years? Whatever it is. Then the person who's sitting there getting that information says, uh, he's not really going to take care of me. I have to take care of myself. Yes. And if he does, it's a bonus. Yeah. Because you're we, doing it knowingly. Yeah. I think we fall into that trap of, of belief because we want to believe that they have the best intentions and that they, you know, they are going to take care of us, let's just say, because we haven't known what that looks like over time. Or we expect it too. Like we we expect that our our lifestyle will be maintained the way that it has been, you know, which isn't normally how it goes anymore. And we have these these grand hopes of the best for our spouse, but it, the reality is when it comes down to it. It is a financial transaction. It is a business decision. And when no emotions are involved in it, we can't necessarily expect for them to take care of us and do the right thing for us because we are taking the emotion out of it and looking at it as a business transaction. You are uncoupling your business partnership in this stage of your life and mm-hmm. you know, dividing assets and, and setting up two new businesses um, from the from the ground, basically. And for women to feel more empowered and going in there with more of their wa- eyes wide open of what my life, what I need to have in my life, what it could look like for me moving forward and not trust that this is going to be enough, but truly do the work to see that it is going to be enough so that you do have that negotiation, negotiating power behind you to make the right decisions. Because I see you know, a lot of that happening, which is scary too, for women to not know what their future will will hold financially. And this way too, you at least provide them that scope so they can make those decisions in the best way possible now. So they feel like they've made the right decision in the long term. Yeah, How long you, does- you have a great um, course, the decision making, the, helping them make the decision. Yes. When we talk about that and whether you're deciding to stay married or not, we believe that what's so important with that is when you have your portrait, you get to decide if your attorney is the right attorney or not as well. Mm-hmm. And so when people say they want to get through it better, or they want to be a good negotiator and you want to have the shark or you want to have that because they're going to negotiate for you because you don't think you're a good negotiator. When you go to your attorney, when making a decision to stay or go, and you go with your portrait, 
you are able to get out of that consult, whether your attorney has can handle the complexity of your case or not. Because that's the problem. You're hiring someone that's not going to handle it. So you can't negotiate and they can't negotiate for your complexity. So when you go there and you're informed and you can ask your attorney really smart questions based on your estate, based on your financial portrait, you're going to see your own confidence there because you will have to negotiate with your own attorney. I have not seen one person who has not had to advocate for themselves for an, with their own attorney. Yes. Um, so it, that that negotiation and confidence with your even your program starts not starts with but aids in having that financial portrait and holding all of your professionals accountable. Yes. So can women do this with you prior to, let's say, their spouse knowing that they want a divorce yet? Plan A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does that look? Well, so my divorce solution isn't like we had said before. It's not always divorce. Sometimes it's staying married. So when they come to us, we take them through the entire process of providing documents and doing the reviews and doing the income and expense and getting the portrait. And then they can decide if they want to introduce it to their spouse or not, if they just want to move forward. And maybe they, at that point, Cindy would need your course on how to have the talk with your your spouse, right? About it. Um, but you can do a lot of the work ahead of time. And it's not uncommon for people needing to do that mm-hmm. because it is scary to make that decision. Um, and if you don't know what the it is, then how do you even, how can you even make a decision that that's permanent the, to divorce? We always tell people, look, you need to be uh, financially You need to be balanced financially, physically, and emotionally before you make that decision. You need to have your emotions in check. You need to know physically what you're going to do if you need to get another residence or what kind of uh, parameters you need to put in place. And then obviously financially very much in the clear before you ever make a decision. Mm -hmm. That divorce trigger, I say. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's the key two piece that I find with, with um, my specific program, the decision is that I get a lot of the women who are just contemplating. They've been thinking about this for years. They just don't know if it's right for them. Some of them are the disenfranchised spouse where they don't have access to finances. They don't even know, you know, the credit card statements are being monitored. They don't have a lot of access to money finances. They don't know what they have. That's a tricky situation too, right? When when they don't have access without asking, <laughs> but what can they do to find out more? The trickiest part for them is making the payment because mm, they have, yeah. to, you know, they, they find a way, but a lot of times you have to borrow money from someone because you don't want to ping on your account that your husband's going to see that, right? So you could mm-hmm. borrow money um, or set up a PO box if they still do that these days. But anyway, there's ways to do that. But people, I think Karen said it earlier, um, People know more than they actually realize they know. So when they come through our process, because it's so guided um, and you can go in there and see your journey, the information that you're able to give us allows us to extract some other information along the way or notate it. Even in conversation, what we will pick up on will be some accounts and we help you get your tax returns and we help you get some statements and we help you get things, um, assist you in doing that. Um, or lead you in the right direction to get it. And then at some point, those spouses when um, may invite their spouse into the process. And it's just a little different. It's we're not looking for divorce. We're looking to get on a financial understanding of this state. So there's mm-hmm. ways that we can process that because it's, 
most people have had a divorce word thrown around in their marriage when they're coming to us. It's not like it's a totally new thing unless right. you're just being sideswiped with an affair or something. So there are ways to really engage or start being on the lookout. Uh, I always say if it has a number on it, take a picture of it, make a copy of it. It doesn't matter if you know what it is or not. And so mm. as you start nesting that information, we help you with that. Um, and eventually, and some people, I mean, we've had, we've had people that came back two years later, you know, they started just mm. gathering stuff and then they right. came back two years later, we don't have an expiration um, to get you going basically. So it's however long that it, that it needs to take for them. So does it, your process take a certain amount of time or is it sort of open-ended in terms of how the uh, moving at the client speed basically? Yeah, we have a fast track we could do, but we're an eight week process typically, um, unless you're in, um, you know, you need to be on a fast track. I, I I like that question in a way because, you know, we have spouses that come and they want to say, okay, here's the documents. Now I want to have a meeting with you next week to go right. over this. Well, meanwhile, <laughs> their spouse is not ready. So yeah. we have definitely, we have the language that um, it's funny because they just, they're at bay then because they're, they have to follow our process. And, and so there's their, their spouse, our client, their spouses always are like, oh my God, I can't believe he's just listening to you like that you know, because we're able to take the emotion out of that communication and, and refer it back to our process. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. And I think that an emergency. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, I'm going to generalize here because I think that men are very good at the black and white, you know, tell me what I need to do. Let's outline this, let's define this, you know, without the emotional side of it. And it's easier for them to process. So if you guys, your approach is very like, you know, black and white, because and there's not a whole lot of shades of gray, then it probably is easier for them to be open to this this opportunity of, oh, they're a neutral party. They're not acting on behalf of, of either one of us specifically, but is to just to get everything out in the open so that we can both see where we're at together. And what mm-hmm. that means to you based mm-hmm. on what you think you want financially. Yeah. And yeah. and just to add to that, if, you know, some people, it's got, it takes them a little longer to get acclimated. And so if it takes them a bit more than eight weeks or however long, the, the fee covers it. So, right. you know, the fee is there until the portrait is delivered. Amazing. And you guys currently, you, you serve all of the United States and now you just said you're international? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Good job. So even Canadians like us could use that. We We love the Canadian clients. (laughs) Yes. Don't you love the Canadians? I know. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, I love that because that's just a huge scope, even useful for me, because I think that what you guys do, what you ladies do is so powerful and so essential in the process, especially at the beginning. Even if you've got a lawyer already, do this part first. You know, do the financial piece first, keep your lawyer aside for now so that you aren't overspending and get them involved when need be. But the financial piece is not only it helps to create that clear picture, but it is truly incredibly powering for a woman to know her financial life inside Mm -hmm. and out. And that was a turning point for me as well. And I look at money in a very different way than I used to. (laughs) (laughs) So tell... Yeah. So tell everybody where they can find you. So they can find us on most uh, social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Our website is www.mydivorcesolution, no S there, mydivorcesolution.com. And all of the information is there. Take our assessment. Um, we You have a free assessment call. 
to review it. So no obligation, but a lot of information to be learned. That's amazing. And what I've also done is you guys have kind, kindly provided with me a divorce checklist. So in the show notes, I have clicked on where you can find this free guide, this divorce checklist from these amazing ladies, a special gift for you. So from them, so check out the show notes, click the link to get your free resource. And um, I'm so happy that you guys came on the show. Thank you so much for sharing Great all of this. You. Thank yeah, you thank for having you us. For having us. You bet. Have have an amazing day. Thanks everyone for being here listening and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. We hope Cindy and her guests were able to put your mind at ease and help you make the right decision for your marriage. We wish you a beautiful week.